the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. But increasingly in every industry, you know, doing content marketing versus not doing content marketing, most people are doing it. Many of your competitors are already doing it in some form or fashion. And so it gets harder and harder, I think, as time goes on for that to stand out. We have to start thinking about taking our content to a next level or, you know, adapting it in some way to really stand out from the competition. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is... The Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. You're back on the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing, bud? Tyson, how are you, sir? Doing great. Apparently, you're doing great, too. You got two new associates, it sounds like, so that's pretty awesome. Well, they both have to sit for the bar in uh, July, but we're excited to have them. Uh, one started last week, the other one starts tomorrow, and we've been onboarding them and getting them all squared away. So yeah, it's an exciting time. Yeah, so lots of growth there. Uh, speaking of growth, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest for the week, who is Garrett Moon. He's the CEO and co-founder of CoSchedule, and in parentheses, it's the web's number one marketing calendar and mission control for your entire marketing team. He's also, and the reason why we're having him on here, the author of the 10X Marketing Formula, which he just launched March 27th. If you want to reach him, you can get him at at Garrett underscore Moon or find him on LinkedIn. Jimmy, I did not realize this, but he is a Cubs fan, which is just makes me want to get sick. So uh, it's it's just terrible. But welcome, Garrett. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on the show. Now, I'm just going to clarify. I was a Cubs fan before 2016, so uh, I suffered through the hard years. I paid my dues. <laughs> Fair enough. There's a lot of new ones these last couple of years, I noticed. A lot of new Cubs fans. So For sure. Garrett, it says in our notes that you grew up in rural North Dakota. How has someone from North Dakota become a Cubs fan? I guess it's WGN. I have family in Illinois, so I have uh, my dad's side of the family was there, so we were, we you know visited Illinois every couple of years, and uh, yeah, I mean WGN they had bored a lot of Cubs fans for sure. I mean they were on all the time. So go ahead and tell us about your beginnings, how you started CoSchedule, what is CoSchedule, and and sort of how did you find your way into the entrepreneurial space? 
Yeah, definitely. Well, CoSchedule is a marketing platform, a marketing tool. We, you know, built a, a tool that helps marketers organize all the different projects that they're working on, whether it's blog posts, email, social media, all the different things that take up a marketer's day. We put them all in one platform. We give our customers a really clear, clean calendar that they can use to kind of understand everything their team's working on, manage all of their projects, manage all of their, their tasks, assignments, deadlines, all of those types of things in a single place. And the one thing that's really cool that we do is we always, as often as possible, we try to eliminate the copy-paste and some of the duplication of tools. So we have a lot of integrations with social networks, with email tools, and all these different things that really allows CoSchedule to be kind of that mission control, one dashboard that you need for your entire marketing team. And that was really, uh, you know, that's really kind of what we've been up to for the last uh, four or five years. We, we launched late 2013 and really got running early 2014. But my previous experience to that was actually running a marketing agency. So me and my co-founder ran a, an agency where we were doing marketing consulting, you know, web design, some custom software development. And what we kind of see, what we're seeing was, just this consistent pattern of, you know, marketing teams that were our clients struggling to implement their day-to-day jobs. Just how do you manage, you know, the the channels and the messaging and all of the different things that come into a, a marketer's life? And, uh, you know, being software guys, being marketing consultants, you know, we had this urge to solve that problem. Uh, we'd experienced a good a good portion of it ourselves as well. And so we started uh, building software to fill that need and that became CoSchedule. And now we've um, been going for a few years, uh, a team of 65, 10,000 plus uh, active customers in 100 plus different countries. So it's going really well. Gary, we talk about editorial calendars on the podcast quite a bit. And I, yep. I know CoSchedule is a lot more than that, but it's, it's I guess at its very base, I would say it probably is an editorial calendar. But there yeah. are probably hundreds of these products out there. What makes CoSchedule different? One of the things I, I find is that most when we talk, like most marketers that we talk to, what they're using for an editorial calendar is probably a spreadsheet or maybe some sort of other type of you know calendaring tool like a Google Calendar or Outlook Calendar or something like that. Uh, those are probably the two most common. The third one is sort of this productivity tool. They might be using some sort of application to manage projects and to manage different things. And, and those might have a calendar button inside of them, you know, like a Trello or a Asana or a Basecamp or those types of things. And that gets them somewhere. But the reality is, is that in a marketer's life, and we talk about this internally all the time, we, in a marketer's life, there's this different stage of project management where it's actually like this go live point. Right. Like when is a message actually going to go live? When is a website, you know, going to actually get launched? When is, you know, when does this go public? When does this blog post go live? When does this email get sent? And marketers work on this very, not quite predictable, but very consistent type of schedule. So the calendar becomes a far more meaningful tool than just sort of the backdrop to what they're doing. So you look at all of these different productivity tools, like the calendar systems and those types of things, they're just not valuable enough. They're just not powerful enough. Like a marketer needs something else. They need to be able to see, you know, how are we promoting our brand? How are we, you know, going about our business? And what's it look like this month? Where are our gaps? Where, you know, where do we have opportunities? And so for a marketing and particularly a marketing team, when you're working together like that, that calendar is everything. That visibility into what your marketing program is everything. That is your strategy. That is your competitive advantage. And so the calendar has to be a lot more powerful, a lot more active. That means that, you know, we need to be 
embedding directly with the tools that marketers need to have at their fingertips at all times. It means we need to be, you know, offering analysis in terms of analytics, in terms of content analysis. You know, we, we look at, you know, how to write better headlines, how to write better email subject lines, like all of those things come with co-schedule. So, you know, we really take, I would say we marry the best of social publishing, you know, project management and the editorial calendar into that one place with those key integrations. Garrett, I don't know if you know much about our listeners, but most of our listeners are small firm and solo law firms where it's usually one person wearing many different hats, including having to do some of the marketing. Talk to us a little bit, and we, we preach often on here about content marketing, and I know that you have written and talked a lot about the promise of content marketing and sort of how it might not always come through and, and sort of the mistakes that you see people make. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, content, I think, is something where, you know, it's kind of got this ethos around it. And we talk about it a lot that, that, hey, if you publish consistently, you know, if you use that editorial calendar and you get stuff out there a couple times a week or once a week or whatever your schedule is, that, you know, traffic will just come. Like that's, that's what it's going to take. And, you know, barring some, you know, picking some topics and, and maybe uh, doing some basic SEO keywording and stuff like that. And I think the thing about it is that like a few years ago or even a couple of years ago, like that actually did work and that could really help folks stand out. And even legal profession and stuff like it could, you could help you stand out because there wasn't that many people doing it. But increasingly in every industry, you know, doing content marketing versus not doing content marketing, most people are doing it. Many of your competitors are already doing it in some form or fashion. And so it gets harder and harder, I think, as time goes on for that to stand out. And I think we forget, you know, when we're doing that publishing, that not only is our content, is it our marketing platform, right? But it actually has to be differentiated from our competition. We have to start thinking about taking our content to a next level or, you know, adapting it in some way to really stand out from the competition. So it, the marketplace has just become very, very crowded and saturated. You're not the only one in your field doing it anymore. Back in those days, it was easy to be successful with content. Now it's gotten a lot, lot harder. All right, Garrett. So you recently, you wrote the 10X marketing formula. So will you talk about what that is and why you wrote it? Yeah, and I think the tennis marketing formulas really came out of this exact question, you know, that, uh, you know, why is content marketing become, becoming harder? Why am I not, you know, I'm publishing the content, I'm doing the schedule, I'm doing everything that they say, you know, why am I not seeing the results? And I think, you know, as a industry in marketing or just as marketers or people doing marketing as part of their day, we're starting to look around and say, you know, where's the ROI on this thing? Is this paying off? Um, and at CoSchedule, we've, we've had this similar process, right? In order for our business to grow in order for our audience to grow we had to figure this out we've built our entire business on content you know we started blogging and creating content on CoSchedule's website actually before we even wrote any code for our product like we, we began with marketing and so it's been core to what we do and it just kind of felt like it was time to really kind of tell that story and show how we were able to get results even though we were entering a crowded marketplace, right? For, for marketing software and marketing tools, we're far from the first company that started using their blog and content marketing as a way to grow their business. In fact, every single competitor we have was doing the exact same thing when we launched. So we had to learn how to kind of jump past that, get ahead, differentiate ourselves. And we really felt like, you know, I really felt like I found some things along the way that our team really was able to lock onto that allowed us to accelerate our growth. And we always talk about 
growth, and we always use this phrase 10x, 10x growth, 10 times growth. You know, how do you multiply your results? How do you multiply your customers, your income, your traffic, whatever it is, by 10 times? And we really found a system to, to kind of get that. And I felt like it was very applicable to any business. So, you know, just looking at looking at that marketplace, what I talked about before, like it's just becoming crowded. We needed to put something in people's hands that helps them get, break through and get past that. And that was the 10x marketing formula. So talk a little bit about the formula itself. What is it and how does it work? Yeah, well, I'm a startup founder. And so I really love to think about things in frameworks that are these repeatable concepts and ideas that you can use in many different areas of the company. And some of them are very marketing specific and some of them are kind of these more generic formulas. So it's not, it's not a very specific, I say it's a little bit more of a choose your own adventure rather than it is a specific plan. Because I think one of the things that I see happening a lot in marketing was this copycat marketing, right? We, we publish a blog post, like here's the 10 tips that you need to write better content. Here's the uh, five things that you need to do, you know, in order to really get better results or something like that. And there's a lot of like very, you know, I would call them prescriptions, like these very specific things that people are supposed to do. But at the end of the day, that copycat marketing, if we're just taking everybody else's tips, or we're just taking everybody else's strategies and making them our own, we're really never going to actually di differentiate ourselves. So really the 10X marketing formula is a series of formulas or a series of things that you can do as a team or as an individual to find your own individual 10x opportunity that you can really use to multiply what you're doing. And so I talk about brainstorming that, coming up with content ideas, how a, a better system for how to uh, choose one content idea over another using a system that allows you to kind of start picking out the types of content that are going to give you bigger traffic and more growth, a process for how to look at your competitors through a new lens and really understand what they're doing and then find ways to differentiate what you're publishing and what your marketing team works on. So it's really, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a system that helps you kind of unlock that because I think it needs to be different for everybody. We kind of wanted to get away from these uh, marketing books out there where it's just, Hey, just do this and, and you'll be, you'll be set and really help people find something unique and powerful. Yeah, Gareth, there's a part where you talk about the, the competition-free content and, and you kind of break it down, look, research, and strategize. Can you sort of talk about that approach? Yeah, definitely. So competition-free content is really one of those these kind of key ideas, I think, you know, that we open up the book with. And I really, we're really talking about is this competitive landscape. I compare it to a business book that some people may be familiar with called Blue Ocean Strategy. And what that book talks about in terms of differentiation is that there are kind of two oceans that your business can swim in. You can, you can swim in the red ocean that's bloody with competition. You can, meaning that you can do all of the same things that everybody else is doing. You can offer the same features. You can offer the same services and, you know, use the same marketing techniques and you can all fight each other. But the businesses that really break out are the ones that end up finding a blue ocean. And that means that they're free of competition because the strategies they're using or the techniques they're using, the services they're offering, uh, differentiate themselves in a very clear way. And competition-free content is a way to sort of adapt that for marketers and for content creators. And so start thinking about your content itself, that blog post that you're publishing or that email that you're writing or even social messages. Like, How can those items themselves become the different 
differentiating factor for your business. And so I give a few examples of this in the book. And I talk, one of them I talk about is a company called Groove HQ, which is a, a tool that does uh, customer support software. So SaaS companies like CoSchedule would uh, hire Groove to be the interface, the software interface between our, custo- our customer support team and our customers. So we can answer questions and respond back to them and, and so forth. And they were doing regular content marketing, right? They had a regular blog. They had 10,000 plus email subscribers. They were, you know, posting helpful topics about how to do customer support, how to hire customer support agents, you know, all your typical things that you'd expect from a company like Groove. And, you know, they were plugging along, right? It was, it was going okay. And, you know, one day the CEO, Alex, emailed the whole marketing team and said, our blog sucks. Uh, let's meet tomorrow at 10 a.m. We want to, we need to fix this. And, it's kind of a shocking thing, right? To hear that phrase, like our content sucks, our blog sucks. We got to, we got to start it down. But what they ended up doing is actually shut down their entire, entire blog. They shut down the regular blog and they started something completely different, something that I would say was competition free. And what they did is they found something that they could offer the market in terms of their marketing, right? They could offer the market, they could offer their audience that no one else could do. And for them, that meant that they started blogging about their journey as a SaaS company, a software as a service company going from $0 in revenue to $100,000 per month in monthly recurring revenue. And they were going to have this, they, had, they launched their website with this little meter at the bottom of every single page that said, here's how far we are on that journey. And our commitment to you is that we're going to talk about it the whole way. We're going to tell you how we grew. We're going to tell you about product decisions we're making. We're going to tell you about, you know, financing and, and you know, when we decided to raise money and how we went about it. And they just kind of opened up the books and they had this huge amount of transparency into what they were doing as a business. And I'm not advocating that everyone does that, right? But what I'm saying is that for Groove, that was a really amazing turning point for them. They got 5,000 new email subscribers in like a week. And so, you know, it was a massive growth index. Plus, it really differentiated them because there's no one else that could tell the Groove story like Groove, right? No one else was willing to do it. It allowed them to kind of leapfrog that competition and do something very, very different just with the types of content that they were willing to publish. All right, Garrett. So let's do a thought experiment. Mm -hmm. A young personal injury attorney has stumbled into your office in North Dakota. He says, I have a little personal injury law firm in St. Louis I handle car accidents, I handle slip and falls, I handle some other products, uh, liability type cases. I don't know much about marketing. I understand that content marketing is important. I've seen some lead magnets on other websites and I sort of understand that conceptually. How would you walk them through what they need to be thinking? Sure. Does this attorney have any web presence at all to start with or starting from scratch? Yeah, let's just say they have a sort of a generic, generic website with like 10 pages on it with like one practice area on each page. Yeah. So I think there's, there's two phases to it, right? And actually I kind of break it down in the book. I start thinking about three different phases to growth. But the first one I would say is they just have to learn how to acquire traffic. Like they have to learn how to use their website as a way to get people to find them and see them. And so that does, you know, if we're looking at content and how content can be helpful to that. I mean, content will have a deep reach into Google and to SEO. Um, it will have value on social. It also gives you a valuable weapon and, t- and something you can use or content you can use for email. And so the first part of that is just like learning to publish two to three times a week or once a week in the beginning. I 
I would say do it more up to five times a week if you can, you can swing it and just start establishing yourself as a thought leader. It's very, very simple. You got to publish regularly and learn how to use that content to acquire traffic. So getting it on social networks, getting an email list, making sure you're sending every single time you publish a blog post, you send that email to your entire list. Don't do the weekly digest thing, send the email directly. Um, and those are just kind of the early, early steps. Like you just have to kind of get the mechanics down and get into the habit of like, how is this content going to get created? How's it going to get out there? And when it gets out there, what's it going to do? Once you've started to do that, you really need to start shifting your focus and thinking about list building and acquiring an audience. And you need to get more aggressive with your calls to action on your site. In at CoSchedule, for example, we give away a lot of, we, we call them cookies or, you know, content resources that people can download. So every single blog post we publish has a downloadable PDF or downloadable Excel spreadsheet, you know, something that the user can take away. And what that does is it means that in Every case, when somebody visits your site to read a blog post or a piece of content, you're going to be delivering them with tangible value. There's something that they can take away, and in exchange for that value, they're going to give you an email address, and you're going to gain an audience member. And that process, um, those two phases right there can take... Uh, year or so to you know to really start getting through but but you've got to learn how to do that you've got to learn how to build traffic and then you've got to learn how to you know build that email list so those are kind of the two the two stand tangible steps after that the third phase it gets more technical and it gets more into okay how do we really get good at turning these audience members into paying customers in some way like how do we kind of uh, turn them into leads or sales that type of thing and and I think that's fine. That's good. I think a lot of um, folks try to jump to that right away without learning how to build traffic, without learning how to build an audience. And I think that gets them into trouble. Um, and it's kind of why they don't see see the results right away. But those are the two core skills. I think competition-free content is the sort of lens that you need to look at when you're publishing content, right? Like what, what can you provide your audience that's going to be unique, help you stand out and kind of be that difference maker? That's a slightly different process. We go through that in the book as well. But, you know, you, that's kind of something you're doing in parallel to both uh, the, the growth phase and then the audience acquisition phase. So, Garrett, you call them cookies. We It's something we call lead magnets. They're called mm -hmm. a bunch of different things. I guess from a law firm's perspective, what, what are some things that you've seen where uh, the cookies or lead magnets that are working these days? Because it used to be, you know, you put a book, you give away a book, and now that some people are saying, no, don't do that anymore. So they're saying give out a tip sheet or things like that. Are there right. certain things that are converting more than others? You mean versus like an ebook? Right, exactly. What, what are working these days? Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on your audience. You know, at CoSchedule, we really like, we kind of always brand ourselves as very actionable. We always think that, like, we want our, our every piece of content we produce to be something that you could take action on. Like, you could literally stop halfway through the post and begin implementing this into your business. And that's always a really important kind of key concept, key differentiator for our content. It's kind of part of what we consider our own competition-free content is actionability. So for us, um, that means that like plant, like Excel spreadsheets, like blank Excel spreadsheets that are like kind of planning documents that people can use for strategy or for, you know, even paper. We, uh, we have a paper and a, an Excel spreadsheet version of an editorial calendar that you can download and use uh, if you don't want to go digital right away. You know, we have, we have that available. And so like those types of very actionable, tangible pieces um, seem very useful. And then, and people really enjoy those. So they can, you know, read the post, understand how to use them, why to use them, and then download the Excel spreadsheet and start implementing it for, right 
for themselves. That's been really good. But even things like uh, just worksheets, you know, just the PDF worksheets that they can kind of fill out, you know, can work as well. It doesn't have to be a full spreadsheet. But those types of actionable things I tend to really like because they help connect and add deeper value to the content rather than just providing another piece of content, right? Like an ebook, you're saying, okay, read this whole blog post and then also read this whole book. And it's it's hard to commit to an ebook. How many ebooks have we all downloaded that we've never even read and never even used? But if you're reading a blog post and you have an actionable worksheet right next to it, you can download it and you can kind of start comparing them side by side. And you may, at least may start you know, has, hashing out some thoughts on that spreadsheet. It can be a very, very powerful, very quick turnaround. So those types of things, very actionable pieces um, have done really well for us. Eric, talk to us a little bit about mindset. When you talk to your clients about about marketing and messaging and all that stuff, what what are you telling them as far as they should have in frame of mind? Like what should they be thinking about? What should they be trying to achieve? And sort of what's your thoughts on that? I think one of the most valuable things is just really learning how to prioritize opportunities really well. You know, one of the concepts, you know, in the book that I cover is 10x versus 10%. And, you know, I kind of touched on it earlier, but what you really want to do as a, as a marketer is you want to constantly be working on 10x opportunities, you know, opportunities that have the ability to multiply your results as a business by 10 times, right? Uh, that can provide you with significant and changing growth to your email list, to your bottom line, you know, where, you know, wherever you're going to be looking at that. And I can contrast that to some of the things that we end up spending a lot of time on as marketers or people doing marketing, which is, are these 10% opportunities. And so I think, you know, learning to distinguish those two things is the mindset around co-schedule. You're going to hear on a daily basis across all of our teams, not just our marketing team, but you're going to have people saying things like, is that a 10 X opportunity? And it's just a question that we've kind of learned culturally to ask ourselves and ask our teams to just really start to think about like, is, are we really working on something big and transformational here? Or are we making little tweaks and little improvements, right? Are we doing something that will for sure, make our product better, make our content better, uh, but just a little bit beside that 10% improvement. Or are we, are we doing something that's transformational that has a ability to bring about big results? In the book, I go through this whole process on how to find 10x opportunities, an entire brainstorming process that you can do as a team or as an individual. And really, it comes down to picking that big 10x goal and then working backwards, you know, what ideas do we have that could help us achieve this goal in X amount of time? And then really learning to evaluate which ones are 10X opportunities, which ones are 10% opportunities, and just pushing the 10% ones out the door. We just we just don't focus on those types of things. And that could very well include, you know, extra proofreading or could very well include extra time spent on you know, on graphics or certain types of things where, you know, they may just not be that important or one big one in particular is social media. There's a lot of time you can spend tweaking and fiddling with social media. And the reality is a lot of the work that we do on social is, is 10% activity at best, but it often gets a disproportionate amount of our time. So you've really got to learn how to balance those type things and make the right trade-offs. Gary, I think that the whole 10X idea can somewhat be hard to conceptualize. So can you give everyone an example of what a 10x idea would be compared to what a 10% idea might be? Well, sure. I'll start with a, a 10% idea that I'm you know, fairly well known for around the office, and that is we don't correct typos on our blog posts. 
If something goes out on a co-schedule blog with a typo, or even if the typo is in like the header graphic, we don't ever go back and fix it. Users will email us and they'll let us know. They'll, they'll message us on Twitter. They'll say, hey, you spelled this word wrong, or uh, this is grammatically incorrect. And they're right, that's fine, uh, but we choose not to go back and fix it. And it sounds a bit extreme, but I've always kind of put that into the 10% category, right? Like that is a thing that we could do that would technically make our blog post 10% better, right? Uh, but is it really transformational? Is it really going to help us get more clicks? Is it really going to help us get more customers? And the reality is it's just not. It's just going to be busy work. It's just going to be something that takes time but doesn't really deliver us any tangible results. And so the one way to think about that is um, in a 10x brainstorm, what I like to do is say, okay, let's pick a goal and let's pick a timeline and let's figure out how we can how we can get there. So we say before a team would get together or you could even do this individually just on your own on a piece of paper and just say in order to, let me say that, like, what would we need to do? Or what's something we could do that would help double our blog subscribers in the next three months, right? Let's say you're at 6,000 blog subscribers and we want to figure out how to get to 12,000 in a three-month time. And you just ask yourself that question and everyone who's going to come to this brainstorm in this meeting is going to, before they get to the meeting, start developing a bunch of ideas. It's every idea that they can think of that could help us do that job, right? Going from six to 12,000 in three months. So it's a very focused type of brainstorm. If you're doing this individually, you just open up a Google Doc or something and you just start typing out ideas based on that idea, uh, that theory. You come to the team meeting or you go do it individually, you stick all those things up on the board on a post-it note, every single idea. And maybe it's like, hey, we're going to publish three times per week instead of one. We're going to publish two extra pieces of content per week. We are going to start doing video or we're going to start doing uh, publishing on YouTube. We're going to, you know, write 25 different headlines and, and do our some A-B testing on headlines and try to get better traffic based on headlines. You can have all these different ideas that you might come up with in order to do that that job. Put them on the board, and um, you kind of this kind of this free time. You don't really judge or evaluate the idea yet. You just get them up there. The next thing I like to do is actually prioritize them based on the amount of work it's going to take. So basically, just saying, okay, give it a one you know, on the corner of the post-it note if it's something that can be implemented in a week or less. Give it a two if it's going to take at least two weeks, and give it a three if it's going to take three weeks or more. Right. So like a really large project. So you may have had this idea that says, hey, we're going to redesign our blog and it's going to look nicer. Well, that's definitely a three, right? That's going to take you a long time. But, you know, something like I talked about before, you know, might be just a one. We're going to write 25 headlines for every piece of content and do A-B headline testing. That's a one. You could start doing that in a week. Put them out the board. And then what you just go through is you just look at every single note and you ask yourself and you discuss it as a team, like, does this project, does this opportunity have the ability to multiply our results by 10 times? Like, is it possible? Is it there? And there's going to be some clear yeses. And there's going to be a lot of no's that you're going to go through. And basically, you know, once you're done with this uh, brainstorm, you should be able to say, okay, all of these 10x ideas that are, are one, we should do them right now. There's no reason to say that we aren't going to implement them, or at least a couple of them, by the end of the week. Twos, we're going to put on the kind of up next list, and threes, we're going to put on the back burner, and we're going to come to them, or maybe we're going to do one per quarter or something like that. But those ideas, those kind of unlocking things, sort of sort of just start to prioritize themselves. And I think that's where that growth mindset comes in. Like if there's something that has the opportunity to give us big results and that we can implement in less than five days, like that's what we want to be doing. That's what we should be doing. 
and you know the, the 25 headlines per blog post with A/B testing of headlines, like that is one that CoSchedule used. That's a, an example from one of our brainstorms, and it was like this is so easy and simple. And if we do this repeatedly with every single post we write, we were at that time I think we were publishing about three posts. You know the amount we can learn about headlines and the amount of data we can have about how to write good headlines and the amount of traffic we can get from that really can make a big difference for us. That was one thing that we implemented right away. Jared, I love that idea about everyone bringing ideas to the meetings and putting them up on the post-it notes. That's that's great. One of the things that I wanted to ask you was, what has it been like experiencing growth in your company? I know your company is one of the fastest growing companies in North Dakota. Talk to us a little bit about how you scaled, how you knew when to scale, and what that process has been like. Yeah, I think you always feel like you should have done it six months ago, three to six months ago. You know, it, it's sort of like we get to these phases as a company, in particular when I talk about growth, I'm thinking right now about just hiring and growing the team and like, when do we know some of those types of things? It's just sort of, you get to these, these phases where it's like everything feels like it's broken, right? Or everything feels like it's not operating at efficiency or it, it can't ever do enough to catch up with where you need to go. And those, those are the kind of situations where we, you know, as a company just kind of step back and say, okay, well, we need to, really add a bunch of resources. So, you know, we're going to do a bunch of hiring. We might raise some money. There's all these different pieces that come from that. But the thing that's always interesting to me is that you kind of go through this, like, very predictable phase where everything's good for a while. All of a sudden, it feels like everything's broken and you're behind, you're a million miles behind. You raise money, you add the team, and then all of a sudden, everything's broken again because all of the processes, all of the things that worked before no longer work. You know, so certain like just how teams communicate, our meeting structures on a weekly basis, you know, how, you know, different departments and different, you know, heads of departments communicate, all that stuff changes. And so then you kind of fix all that and then you like, then things are good for a while, uh, for another three to six months, then you kind of start the whole process all over again. And I think for me, like the one thing that's been really useful or necessary, and I think it's why I talked about before, like these, these sort of like just simple things that you can take with you uh, for all of these teams, you know, the 10X versus 10%. Like that's a concept that works really, really well for our marketing team, but it also works really well when we're making product-based decisions. What feature to build, right? Where are 10X features versus our 10% features? You know, where are our 10X features that help current users do their work 10 times better versus 10% better? So that's very, that's very useful. And, and we can kind of take that into different places. A reverse example of that is our product team that builds our product and our engineering and software team, they use Agile as a methodology for how they go about programming, how they build software. And we've actually applied a lot of those thinking, a lot of that principle in that meeting structure to how we've grown our marketing teams, our customer support teams. Um, and that's, you know, those, like, that's that simple framework thing that I talked about before. Like those types of things really become necessary when you're growing quickly. You've got to, you've got to find just really simple ideas that have a lot of value and power over time. You've given us a ton of information, a lot of good nuggets that are, are hidden away in there too, which I think is fantastic. We are going to wrap up. We want to be respectful of your time. Before I do, though, I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, get involved there. There's a ton of engagement going on every single day. It's a, a lot of great information being spread around, so make sure you join there. And then if you don't mind, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star review and help spread the love. And Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So for my hack of the week, it's a program that my brother-in-law taught me about when we were in Las Vegas last week. 
It's called Read It For Me. So it's one of these book summary services, but it does things a little bit differently. It has an audio summary, it has a textual summary, and it also has a little video summary where they sort of walk through the major concepts of the book. I know a lot of our listeners don't have a lot of time and, to, and a lot of books, a lot of business books, I'm sure not Garrett's book, but a lot of books get repetitive. And I think that this service distills it all down. So I just started playing around with it, but I really like it. That's a, that's a really good one. Very good. What's the name of it again? It's Read It For Me. So R-E-A-D-I-T-F-O-R dot me. There's the app. Very good. All right. So, Garrett, I don't think we told you in advance, so I apologize, but we always ask our guests to give one tip. It can be a book. It can be a podcast. It can be a blog. It can be a product, anything you want. One tip that could help uh, move their law firms forward. So do you have a tip for us? You know, I think one tip that I would have is uh, kind of staying on the same theme of, you know, how do you get through content faster and how do you summarize it? If, you know, I, I've been an audible listener for years, hundreds of books on there. And I think learning to listen to audiobooks at one and a half and two times the speed, it's hard at first, but boy, is it a really valuable skill uh, once you can get it. So that'd be my tip is just audible, uh, get that subscription and crank that speed up as fast as you can tolerate it and then keep going a little bit because you can really digest a lot of content and big ideas that way very, very quickly. Uh, it's even helped me listen to a few books that are really transformational, I think, just multiple times uh, where you're out exercising or mowing the grass or doing dishes. You know, there's always those down times where you can make it, that kind of stuff work. That is such a really good one because I, I went through one. It was a 10-hour book not too long ago, and then I started messing with the numbers, went one and a half speed, then yeah. uh, to twice as fast speed. It is crazy. You can see actually how much time it saves you because it automatically adjusts for you. It really is a good tip. So that, that's a good one. My tip of the week is, so our new coach has, has us filling out the success log each day, and it's really to focus on our process goals so we can achieve our product goals. But one of the key parts that I think is really transformational is the first thing we're supposed to do is list our done wells. Uh, and, and that's you know three things that we've done well in the last 24 hours. And it's anything that moves your goals forward an inch, um, anything. So because it's really to get into that positive mindset. And I will tell you, it really is transformational once you're doing it every day. And it gets your mind right from the very beginning of the day. So my, my tip of the week is to list every day, write them down. Don't just say them in your head. Actually write them down three things that you've done in the previous 24 hours to help move the ball forward. And I will tell you, it, it really is, is great. It starts your day off very well. It gets you in that right mindset, so I recommend it. Garrett, thank you so much for coming on. This was a great episode. We really appreciate you coming on, so thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun, great discussion, and uh, keep up the good show. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.